Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. It is Mackie and Judd with Rami, live from the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show, running all weekend long inside the Minneapolis Convention Center Hall B. I'm Rami Makloff, along with Judd Zulgad, and Phil Mackey is doing the show from the bed of the 2019 GMC Sonera. Sierra, excuse me, with a revolutionary tailgate that everyone is talking about. Have you ever done a show from the back of a truck, Phil? I have done things from the back of a truck. Uh-huh. Not a show. I don't think. With no cover? This is a kid-friendly show, right? Yes. Well, <laughs> but have you, done, have you done things in the back of a truck that doesn't have a cover? I mostly meant drink, actually, when I said that. Okay. I wasn't that cool in high school. I was going to say, college. <laughs> I, prefer, I prefer my trucks with the shelter that this car has in the back seat. With, it, and it has a, a, a plentiful back seat. Oh, it's Jeff. great. Yeah, you it's could, awesome. You could do some things in the back seat. <laughs> we, we, we suggest you don't drink, though. Yes. The, no, don't drink. I was no. talking about other things. This, okay. truck, yeah. this truck would have no problem, though, cutting through the snow that, that we got this week. Oh, man. No issue for this I truck. I wish I had that thing. So I'm not cheating too much. Uh, the Corolla did a good job cutting through the snow this morning, too, from, you know, my place of choice. <laughs> but it's okay. We are friendly on the Mackie and Jeb with Rami show to uh, to all oncomers. Um, we have a fun two-hour extravaganza planned for you here, including the Score North crew went down to the second swing booth and took a crack at who has the best golf swing. And uh, Russ Higgins is going to join us to help us determine that in about 15 or 20 minutes. I think we know who doesn't. Rami almost killed somebody. <laughs> yeah, what? That was very Zolgadian. What the hell were you doing? Like, that, I'm not good. I was swinging a golf club, but best I know how. That's what I was doing. I took, I took four swings, hit on the first one, missed on the next two, but but they became practice swings, and then hit the fourth, <laughs> hit the fourth one. But no. did, you, did you do the swing tracker where it tracks like the, veloc- the no. exit velocity and all no. that stuff? No. It's my no. excuse every time I swing. It's a practice swing, guys. Yeah, it's I just okay. Said, that's practice. That's two practice swings. Back oh, to my back God. I'm watching it right now, and good Lord. What? am I doing? What are you doing? Okay, if you were, if you were to... Here's the problem with Rami's swing, or maybe the beauty of Rami's swing. If you were to just Where Photoshop out go? the golf ball and the tee yeah. and Photoshop in a fastball coming in on the outer edge, the swing would have made more sense. And that thing is cheese. That thing is going over the left center field wall. That's where that's going. What's going on, though, at the end? Your, sw- your swing, when it comes back, looks like it's going to be okay. But then there's an acceleration around time that you hit ball that you, that you look like you're, you're having an exorcist type of moment. 
where like <laughs> your head's going to come off and green, green lava is going to spill from your mouth or something. <laughs> really thankful you guys give video of my swing. Wait, did you, did you go for uh, No, I didn't know about this. It's, uh, I think okay, I've been on air. During the commercial break, Lindsay, Lindsay, bad, let's, let's tee up Jonathan, too. Oh, You're not going to get out of this. I can't. i got to read. So. Manny, Manny was, I feel like Manny was really awfully quiet walking back there as if he's never <laughs> golfed before. Uh, was was would looked a little bit nervous and had that sort of Jack Parkman shimmy from Major League Two, but he made some good contact. I thought for sure you would have the best swing on the staff. Because no, God no. Lindsey Brown has the best swing on the staff. By far, by far, it's not even close. And Danny Cunningham, he was he was that dude who's playing it cool, like oh yeah, I barely play any golf. And then we find out that he worked on a golf course, well, and he just gets out there and he's crushing it right down the middle. Cunningham's a fraud. He played college, he played. College College football. Cunningham's a sports fraud. The guy, the guy had some type of scholarship to play football in college, and I don't care what school he went to, but if you've got a scholarship to play a sport, you're good at sports. So I don't Danny know, man. Cunningham, you've seen Tavares Jackson's golf swing before. That doesn't always apply to football players. I saw to try to hit a baseball. That's true. I'm just saying when Cunningham's like, I don't know, I, I don't trust him one bit. I'm going to be lucky to hit the ball. I'm just letting you guys know my golf swing is terrible. All right. Well, one, one quick anecdote, and then we got to get to uh, – I know, I, know, I know Judd has some thoughts on the Bruce Boudreaux comments from last night. And it is a write-that-down Friday. We have write-that-down predictions and mostly a massacre of an accountability session at 5 o'clock. <laughs> but the best, part the, about, the best part about the swings down the, the, down the path over here at the golf show – Rami legitimately hit a ball straight sideways to the right, and it ricocheted two stalls over, and it ricocheted off the net right next to some gentleman. Like, this guy looked, it, it almost killed him. This guy looks over to his left, back at all of us who are cackling, and he goes, that, that almost just hit me, and we're all, uh, it's, yes. It's almost, well, one listener we it's almost an instant replay of... Uh, a couple. I've I've golfed three times in my life, and it was at the charity golf outing at the station I worked at previous to this one in Milwaukee. So three years ago, in in preparation to go and golf for the first time ever in our golf outing, I went to the driving range with with my girlfriend, and I hit one that sliced or, or, or almost exactly the same way, directly off to my right but with a lot more velocity, and it ricocheted <laughs> off the barrier between me and the driving range next to me and whizzed right back at me, right about an inch past my head and barely missed killing my girlfriend. See, this is the exact scenario mm -hmm. I was hoping for when we went forward <laughs> with the Judd Athlete Challenge so, golf episode. On, if, you, if you haven't seen the Judd Athlete Challenge uh, golf episode, yeah, that was go fine. to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash score north, where we thought he hasn't picked up a club in 20 years. This is going to be a disaster. And Judd hits a 120-yard piped tee shot right down the middle of the fairway. So you're the fraud. It was fun. Well, well co compared to my basketball shot and my soccer You know what? Game, yes. and they, they showed me the Judd basketball challenge today, the Judd athlete oh, challenge yeah, basketball. No, they oh, showed it to me today. Awful. Why are you baseball throwing the basketball towards the hoop? It what was, is that? Why was, aren't you shooting it like a basketball? Because it was raining out, and I have, and I told Colin this a thousand times. I said, I have no form now. I haven't shot a basketball in years. So I've got no no foundation to shoot the ball itself. But do you and know the concept? There, and we're out there. Yes, but we're out there and you it's raining. You watch basketball. You know We're it. out there and it's raining. And I'm like, you know what? Just bleep it. I'm going to go as quick as possible. And the easiest way was to basically throw it like a baseball. Now, here's my question, though. If Rami's golf shot had hit that guy Ooh. and he has to sue, 
who covers it? Score North, Rami, or the people here at the convention I center? I mean, I feel like all uh, like all liability is off of me because this is something famous last words. Th- Rami. This is some. This is something I was asked to do by my uh-huh. employer. So I was on the job doing well, what my I'm boss sure, asked me to I'm do. I'm sure a lawyer would take that and be like, oh, Rami, no problem. <laughs> so wait, by my that, client's dead, but that's okay. So, so wait, by that logic, your employer asks you to do a radio show from the convention center. So anything terrible that happens on your drive, anything terrible, you walk in and you machete three people well, on your way in. Well, within reason. Oh, fuck, I got an hour to drive home. <laughs> a lot of chances. I only had 15 beers after work, yeah. boss. You know what? I'm all, I was already on a watch list. I'm not sure I'm comfortable with us playing out this hypothetical scenario in front of a few hundred people at the convention center. I don't I don't think I'm good with this. Rami Maklov, comma, thir- 30 what? <laughs> 39. 39, uh-huh. comma, was last uh, seen in Stillwater oh at the God. state penitentiary before he goes back to Milwaukee, where he'll be where he'll be accepted with open arms since that's Wisconsin. <laughs> Rehabilitated? We don't care. So we are Mackie and Judd with Rami. Jonathan Harrison is our uh, trustworthy producer, and uh, you can find us on the all-new Score North and scorenorth.com. In fact. A lot of people, we're, we're, and, and we'll answer any questions you have, like, what, what happened to 1500 ESPN? If you're just joining uh, the Score North party here, about three weeks ago, 1500 ESPN flipped to Score North. We are now Score North on 1500. That's S-K-O-R North. And you can follow us on all of our social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitch, all at Score North. We are at the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show all weekend long, Convention Center Hall B. And Declan, I think this is a good transition into uh, Bruce Boudreaux lighting the room on fire <laughs> last night. And you know that you know that GIF that you guys see on Twitter where it's just Elmo from Sesame Street in a raging fire, staring up with his with his arms in the air. I felt like yeah. that was Judd listening to Bruce Boudreaux after the game last night. I was Let's trying to find something other than Eck and Cunning and Rao. Those were the only guys that, to me that were playing and. You know, in the end, I, in between the second and third period, I said, "It's uh, boys, your best players have got to be your best players, or we're, or we're never going to win." And as simple as that. I'm trying to, yeah. I mean, uh, but I mean, there's there's some guys there that just are shell of the players that I've known for two and a half years. Well, I hope so. I mean, this was the sort of the last straw. I mean, everybody now has caught us, or within a point. So, it's either. Find your sense of urgency and do what you have to do to win, or bad things are going to happen. I mean, uh, if you look at our schedule starting at the end of the month, this is the time that you have to be successful. Bravo to my guy Boots, right? There is nothing better than a coach who finally just says, I've had enough. I could say the team tried, but they didn't try. I could say players are trying, but they're not. You know what these guys are? A shell of themselves. Now, this is all, I'm not mad, because this is all part of the great Judd plan, the wild Judd plan. (laughs) Koivu and Dumba being hurt is a blessing, because this now allows Paul Fenton, as we talked about a couple days ago, to, as the trade deadline approaches, even with right now a playoff team, to say, I'm out. But I made myself feel better today, because I got up around 9, ate around 9.30, sat down at the computer at 10 o'clock, and I penned a column on scorenorth.com right now that you can go read that essentially lists nine wild players and when they're going to be traded or if they should be. 
And I came to the conclusion that, that at the deadline, which is in a couple weeks from now, February 25th, you trade Eric Fair, not that big a deal, Zucker, people will be mad. I don't care. Are you saying that you that they should trade all nine? Or that did no, you give them no. nine options nine to trade options. from? Nine options. I'm giving you nine options. Okay. And Eric Stahl, whose play has certainly gone backwards, but you trade him because his contract is done. He is among the players that Boudreaux is talking about when he's talking about guys being shells of themselves. You wait until June. Then you trade Coyle. You look at Dubnik. Anyway, the point being is this streak of play now finally is going to give the new GM and this team the opportunity to peel it apart and trade guys. The only guy, and I've said this for a month now, the only guy I feel bad for is Boots because I like him and he, he's a good coach. But this is them, and last night is them, and it's finally going to allow you, after all these years of making playoff appearances but going nowhere, to trade people. And don't tell me I'm going to hear this. Nino scored a sixth goal in eight games in Carolina last night, and look at they got Rask back, and he's now going to be on the fourth line tomorrow. I don't care. You've got to peel this room apart. You've got to get rid of these pieces, and they're going to do it. Too bad. End of story. Okay, just to, just to be clear and specific, what is the, uh, beyond a couple weeks from now, the trade deadline, what is the full Judd wild plan here? Is it well, you get his... I mean, I, I was... It took me four hours of work to get this done. What What is... What, is four it, is, hours? Really? Three or four. Oh, wow. Okay. I love how you like you prep three to four hours, and you're and you're not going to give us the, the radio slash podcast version of no. it. You must go to the website. I'll, get, I'll give it to you. I'll give what, it is, to you. Is it, no, answer to me this. Is it... Because for me, it should be get as bad as you can. Is yeah. I, I know it sounds terrible, and Craig Leopold would like to have some butts in seats. And if you get really bad for two or three years, maybe you won't sell out the XL Energy Center. But at this point, there's really no going back to Stanley Cup contention unless you get as bad as you can for a year or two or three. Correct. Right? Yes. Yeah. And so, so you, you basically go through my plan of getting prospects and draft picks. You then uh, trade Coyle in June. You might trade Dumnik in June as, as well, and and you get as bad as you possibly can next year. You, you bring in probably your own coach, if you're Fenton at that time. You get as bad as you possibly can for at least a year. You get the, the uh, Russian kid, Kaprasov, here over in a couple of years. You get the young goalie who's playing for the Iowa Wild up here in the next two years or so. I don't know that you have to get absolutely awful, but you have to get bad. And the, the most difficult conversation that you're going to have is you're going to have to call Parisi and Suter in and say, gentlemen, we're paying you a lot. We can't trade you. We know that. We need your help here. We can't trade you, so you're stuck here. But you are going to have to basically endure aches and pains, and I'm going to need your help in trying to develop players. But the vision that we had to win a Stanley Cup that when we signed you in 2012 is now gone. So, yes. The goal, I think, next year is to be a bad team. And there's, and the Koivu and Dumba in injuries at least now create the out to not say, but we could have been the eighth seed. Well, you shouldn't be. So this allows you the opportunity to just be done with it. Where do you stand on tanking in general, Rami? Like how many times in your life have you rooted for a team that you've had a rooting interest in to actively lose for a year, two years, or three years? Um... With the Bulls, I feel like that's constantly what I'm asking for as as a Bulls fan, and they never actually do it. And when they do do it, they find a way to screw it up, anyways, because they're gar packs. 
Um, they got Eddie Curry one time when they And, played. I mean, when, when Theo Epstein came over to be the president of the Cubs, I kind of knew that's, that's what he had yep. in mind, and I had 100% faith in Theo Epstein because of the track record that he had. So I was, I was 100% bought in on that. I think sometimes it's, it's, an, it's a necessary evil, and, and, and I know that owners hate it because it's hard to put butts in seats when fans know that you're actively trying to lose and it's obviously hard to be a fan and and maintain interest in a team when it's actively trying to lose you sort of have to put your energy and your interest as a fan elsewhere and whether it's a farm system or some of the younger guys and their development at the professional level um, you have to sort of find a new way to be a fan and, and enjoy that process of of tearing the thing down and building it back up from from the ground up and I think sometimes in, in certain organizations it gets to a point where it's absolutely necessary. And I think in, in the NBA and in the NHL, worst place you can be is right in the middle, is, is meddling close to making the playoffs or not making the playoffs and not getting a great draft pick ever and not, not being an, an attractive destination for free agents because you don't have any top-shelf top talent. So I think sometimes it's, it's something that you have to do. Nobody enjoys it, but it's something that you have to do sometimes. And, and the Wolves and Wild right now are in some ways in very much the same place, right? They're treading water. And you can do that for a long time. And, and ultimately, though, I think if you're a fan now, if you take a step back and calm down and say, okay, what's the best thing? The best thing is to, is to begin to build or build, and that can't be done by sort of saying, well, we'll sort of do this and we'll do that, but hopefully we'll win. No, the best thing to do and the smartest teams, the Cubs, had a plan. Right. When, when the Cubs came here in like 2000, what was it, Theo had just taken over, 2013 or so, 14? Uh, they were awful. Yeah. And, and 2012, I think. I remember talking to the beat guy from the Sun-Times, and I said, my God, this club is atrocious. I mean, they got nobody. And he said, yeah, and that's exactly what they want. They're trying to lose as much as possible. But Theo had a complete plan. And, and it wasn't, well, we'll try and win some series but and keep fans happy. His plan was, we're going to be atrocious, and it's going to be for a short period where we're just god-awful, but the payoff is going to be e enormous. Now, you might be wrong, but at least it's a strategy. The unique thing there was that, and I don't know, I don't know if it was the smart thing or not, but they were totally transparent about it. Some teams will tank and still sell it as, yeah, we're, no, we're trying to win. You know what I mean? They were completely open and transparent about it. And I don't know if that makes fans check out and go, all right, we'll get back to me when you're trying to win. Or if it, or if it makes fans, you know, like I said, buy into that process and find a different way to, to follow and enjoy and be a fan of your team. Yeah, you're not – you're, you're rooting for short-term loss for a, for a long-term gain, right. essentially, right? Yeah. I mean, there's been times, well, the Twins have done this a lot over the last 10 years, where I find myself, okay, ideally, you're not wanting them to lose 95 games, and you are picking apart how bad their pitching is, but in terms of what can I find to be interesting in August in a 90-loss season, well, now I'm rooting for Byron Buxton, or I want to see Miguel Sano, or I want to see Jose Barrios, and I think we're probably headed that direction with the Wild, where they've missed the boat on this Coyle, Granlund, Zucker, Nino, who's been traded, era of hockey. You thought that that was going to be the group that supplemented the Parisi and Suter crew and Koivu, and, and that they would take this team further. It didn't happen. Most, if not all of those guys, didn't live up to their expectations. And now you turn toward the next wave, and you've, even if they're losing games as a team, you start to root for, all right, well, 
What can this next wave of 20-year-olds do? The Twins, though, have been far too often the classic case of there's no set plan. So we're not very good, and we'll go sign Nolasco, right? And you're like, no, 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 no. If you're, if you're not going to be good, just don't be good. And, and so, so the Twins classically in, in the Terry Ryan years dip their toes in, but you don't want to do that. So go, and, and that's where I think the current administration for the Twins actually knows, and it ticks fans off, and I get that. The average fan's not going to be like, it's going to be great not to be good. But if you get a smart administration, they're, they're the ones now that can at least turn the dials. And in, instead of being like, okay, we'll go up to 28% here. They're just like, no, it's either zero or 90. Yeah. Mackie and Judd with Rami. And we are live today. We're going to be actually on site doing a little bonus Mackie and Judd with Rami tomorrow from 10 o'clock until noon. Downtown Minneapolis, Minneapolis Convention Center Hall B, where the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show is running all weekend long. Full details at minnesotagolfshow.com. And anyone who makes a putt in front of the score north stage here between now and Sunday is entered to win a foursome to Troy Burn Golf Club. We have six to give away. We're going to do the drawing on Monday. You don't have to be present. You just have to sink a putt, and you're eligible to, uh, to win one of those foursomes to Troy Burn Golf Club. It's the all-new Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. Mackie and Judd with Rami back shortly from the golf show. From uh, the back bed of an all-new 2019 GMC Sierra with a revolutionary yeah. tailgate that everybody is talking about. It folds down into six positions, including a step-up, a seating area, and an extension of the bed. Jonathan Harrison also folds down into six positions. Yes. So you guys very uncomfortable well so, together. Yes. I was yeah. way too much... Way too much. We <laughs> tweeted out a picture of you standing in the back of the bed and talking to me and Judd, and it looks like you like you rolled in and interrupted the show like Stone Cold Steve Austin <laughs> style on the back of a truck. Just chugging like, two cans of beer. Because you're like talking to the bike and standing over us and pointing down. Shaming you. There's booze right there. There's That's a true. bar right by us. That's true. Someone needs to Stone Cold Steve Austin two beers from the back of the bed at some point. <laughs> While it's off, okay? While it's off, safe behavior. it would be illegal if the key was in the ignition. So we've got our friend uh, Russ Higgins here from Second Swing at the Minnesota Golf Show, the uh, Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show. And before we dive into, this is actually my favorite place to get golf gear because you can get shirts. And it's just like if you're looking to stock your wardrobe, this is the place and Second Swing is the place. But I'm going to show you, Russ, just a few swings <laughs> from our show members here. Why would you do this to him? Okay. No, we need it. <laughs> and you can judge and critique with your expertise, what you think of these swings, okay? Oh, I'd be happy to. All right, let's, 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 let's start off here. Let's get uh, Rami Maklov. Full mocking, too, so don't, <laughs> don't pull punches. You're going to start with the worst? Wouldn't you save that for last? Well, let's just let's, let's, let's the first in the line of thread here. You can find these swings on the Score North Twitter account, S-K-O-R North. All right, here's Rami. What do you think there, Russ? Well, um... <laughs> <laughs> If Happy Gilmore was available, we'd be. Uh... How would you describe his uh, mechanics to the audience? Well, uh... <laughs> the mechanics are uh, just uh, a little south of sound, and uh, <laughs> there's contact being made. So there's You're being uh, way too nice. Yeah, no, way uh, too nice. You know, if it was a, it was, a, if it was a sharp dog leg right, you would be the player to reach out to here for sure. Okay. All right, that's Rami. Uh, let's see here. Um, uh, I guess I would be a little more experienced, but rarely break 95. So here's a, a swing of someone who tries to play bogey golf. This is my swing. What kind of mechanics are we looking at there? 
Oh, this is, you know, down the middle, 250 every time. This looks pretty good, Phil. This is a- I'm, I'm Tom Kite. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to get a different driver. That one doesn't have enough ball speed for you. There, or more so. muscles. <laughs> more muscles. You're playing work. the driver. <laughs> and this is Judd. Judd's a lefty here. Okay. Oh. So the Judd's will get swing. Give I us did your- not know he was a lefty. Give us your analysis. I don't think Judd did either no, when he started this. So <laughs> I deserved it. I told you. Full mocks. Wow. Mockery. You know, it's not bad. You know, if uh, it's kind of like uh, almost like sweeping something out from like the, the kitchen. Where does it go wrong or is it ever right is the question. Well, the setup looks great. From there... <laughs> kind I, of just sort of, I just sort of hack down. Do you yeah. ever look at a swing and go, "Yeah, there's just no fixing that." There, that's oh. just that's just somebody who will never ever golf. The beautiful, the beautiful thing about this sport is everybody's unique, right? So in that case, though, you do have a few that walk in. You're like, "Yee, okay." So here, here's what we're gonna else. do. Yeah, <laughs> you, you pull out the like the tennis racket, the fishing pole, or something. You kind of introduce them to a different hobby. The tennis but, racket. Would have make you it easier. ever ever sent a person home? <laughs> like seriously, like been like. Uh-uh. You're not touching our used clubs. Yeah, no. It's just not, it's just, I'm a professional, and I'm going to help you by telling you I can't help you. Well, that wouldn't be good business if we sent them home. No, I'm just it. saying, but just once, have you ever sent a person home? You, if you show up to a second yeah. swing. Well, yeah, he just basically. Or do you think I haven't gone over there yet? I know I'm getting that response. So if people do come here, assuming that you don't send them home, Russ, yeah, yeah. what can people find over in the uh, second swing area at the uh, Minnesota Golf Show? Well, I'll tell you what. If you're coming down, if you want to get geared up for the season this year if it's let's say apparel there's 20,000 plus pieces of apparel they are five dollars to fifteen dollars they're an unbelievable you got Fila in there you got uh, Adidas you got FootJoy all your name brands uh, if you want to get a new wardrobe and a look Judd, you could at least look good at the part, you know, right? So you can at least dress the part. Because I'm there. prone to look good. Yeah, well, we all know that. <laughs> so give me extra white belts over there. Yeah. That Judd can. Oh, for sure, okay. absolutely. So apparel-wise, I mean, if you want to get a new outfit, great spot to be. Uh, from an apparel, or sorry, from an equipment standpoint, there's 15,000 golf clubs. So uh, a couple drivers that would be of interest out there: the Ping G drivers, uh, $149. Titleist 917 drivers, 169. There's some hybrids in there, like two for $100 for uh, some Titleist uh, 816 hybrids. These are great savings. And if you're looking to maybe dress up the bag a little bit with some new equipment, these are a couple of great options. Um, outside of that, I think the uh, uh, some of the guys like some of the tech stuff, so like Bushnell range finders or maybe some of the watches that give you distances. Uh, we've got some great specials on those starting at around $69. So if you want to get some new swag, some new gear this year, uh, this is a great spot to do it, not just for us, but, I mean, all the vendors that are out here. Do you have any recommended club head covers for Judd or for Rami or for myself or Jonathan? <laughs> you know, they make some character ones, uh, so maybe, like, the Three Stooges or oh, maybe some I from Caddyshack right, or Ross, something. All right, that's enough from you. Okay, yep. I see that. <laughs> you asked for it. You asked for it. You got exactly Three what you deserve. Uh, Russ Higgins from Second Swing, uh, we appreciate you coming up and judging our golf swings, man. Hey, thanks and for I'm, having me. I'm guys. sorry <laughs> that we had you come up and judge our golf swings. That's, uh, that's my bad. Never apologize, Rami. Never apologize. No, they have. Oh, wait, real quick. Put, the, put those back on real quick. How many, how, if people want to come and swing, how many stations are there down there for people to swing in at the end over by the oh. second swing? So there's 15 stations over there. Okay. Uh, six of them are set up for fitting. There's uh, manufacturers, all the, all the manufacturers, Titleist, TaylorMade, Cobra, Mizuno, 
All the guys are here with the latest and greatest. And I'm not cool. going to be over there, so everybody's safe. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Someone could have died because of you today. I know. Just I'm stand aware. behind them. You're good. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe oh, you missed man. everybody. <laughs> it was close to being a disaster. Uh, Mackie, Mackie and, that, and Judd And that's it for Score North. <laughs> Score North has gone Chapter 11. <laughs> um, let's, uh, Thank you, sir. Let's pose, let's pose this question here that I can't remember which one of – you guys brought this up in our off-air conversations, mm-hmm. but Ryan Saunders, I know the Timberwolves have they've lost some games that they probably shouldn't lose, including to the Magic, but how do you guys feel about Ryan Saunders, the job he's done so far, and whether he deserves to be a realistic candidate to remove the interim tag off? I look at it this way. If you're going to continue with the Andrew Wiggins experiment, which, which is this is a guy who you gave a max contract to. He is he is he is intended to be the Robin to Carl Anthony Towns Batman. If if you're making that investment and 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 you're all in on it and you're not going to back off from it. And Johnny K had a piece at the Athletic that basically said people were sniffing around Andrew Wiggins, but they weren't ready ready to pull the plug on on that experiment yet. Okay, if that's the road you're going down, then number number one priority for whoever is going to be the long-term head coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves is can you crack the code that is Andrew Wiggins? Can you unlock that? Can you tap into that and 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 get him to reach his full potential and to live up to being the number one overall pick and to live up to a max contract? And and I don't we saw a little bit of that with Ryan Saunders when he first took the job, but Andrew Wiggins has reverted right back to what we all have come to know and be frustrated about Andrew Wiggins. I don't know that you can blame Ryan Saunders for that because who knows if Andrew Wiggins will ever be that guy, if anybody will ever be able to tap into it. But if that's the road that we're going down, that, that they are sticking with this experiment, that's, that's, that's the number one requirement for my next head coach. I can tell you right now the answer to that question is no. No one can do it. You can't do it. You, you've got to find the, the biggest hope the Wolves have when it comes to this kid is to find a sucker who thinks that they can do exactly that. You know, the Sacramento Kings, somebody. We can fix him. Um, I think it's completely unfair, and I think it's impossible if the mandate is can, can you un- unlock him, which some coaches are going to say, absolutely I can. It's impossible. It's not going to happen. Like there's, I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just right. saying that the so, wolves still believe it. So right, if, but they're but they they've got to. Here's the most the most important thing I think in this entire equation to me is and God help them. They're probably going to screw th- this up because they ordinarily do. But I think the most important equation is to get a GM candidate, not a coach, a GM candidate who comes in here and tells me the truth. And the truth that this team needs to, to hear, what Glenn needs to hear is it's not going to work. 22 is yeah. not going to work. Um, but the Ryan Saunders question to me is so difficult and potentially unfair because if the mandate is, is well, I fired Tibbs to try and make a playoff push, so make a playoff push, that's totally unfair. Especially with all the injuries. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it's just not you – can't, you can't have a, a season, I don't think, with this much dysfunction and then be like, okay, kid, do it now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the only fair answer when it comes to Ryan's future with this franchise and potentially being coach is to have a GM candidate – Perhaps it's Chauncey or somebody like that come in and tell me, here's exactly what I think. And if he likes Ryan, that's fantastic. That's fine. But I don't think there's anything that Glenn – Glenn should make zero decision on the coach. 
I think the most important hire that this franchise has to make and where Ryan's future is going to lie is what the new GM says. But to me, Wiggins is done. It's not going to work there. So I'm in, uh, not that you guys are on different sides. I think you guys are, like, you're going through a scenario in which here's the Wolves reality and Judd's saying, no, right. the Wolves reality is wrong. And, just, <laughs> and, to, and I, agree, I agree with Judd, as do I. Yeah, I okay. agree with Judd, too, that their reality is wrong, but that's yeah. their reality. Well, I, I actually got into a Twitter fight with some people about this last night. I can't believe there are still staunch Andrew Wiggins defenders at this point. Like, what are you defending even? There's nothing to defend. They think he can be unlocked, but I can tell you right now he can't be. Well, and, I, and I'm willing to have that debate, I guess, that if, if someone can point me to a similar example of a player that clearly showed no passion and no emotion and really no devotion to his craft beyond the minimum requirement over five or six years, and then a light bulb went on in their mid-20s. I just don't know how many examples there are. So my first priority would be, and I would have looked to do this before the trade deadline, but I, I don't think it's about can someone unlock him. I honestly think you just get rid of him. It's really, if you, if you were to bench him, your team would be better. So my first priority would be let someone else try to unlock him. If you, can just, if, if, if you need to attach an asset to him to get rid of him, get rid of him. And I still think if I had to make a decision today, I would I would rip the interim tag off Ryan Saunders. I just I guess I can't point to anything specific. They certainly haven't surged in his, you know, taking over. But I think part of it is there's only about three guys on the team that are going to make the turn in two years, anyways. Carl Anthony Towns is the most important one by far. There's clearly a rapport and a relationship between him and Carl Anthony Towns, and my gut just kind of screams. Saunders has some kind of a quality about him, having grown up in that household, having learned from his dad for that long. It doesn't feel like nepotism. It feels like, and I've heard stories about him as a young assistant, even under Randy Whitman in Washington, grinding tape, getting trusted with with scouting duties that were 10 years beyond what he should have been doing. Um, so, yes, did he get his foot in the door because his name is Ryan Saunders? Absolutely. Um, should that disqualify him from... Having the interim tag ripped off? No. And I think if I had to make the decision right now, my gut tells me he would be a good coach for this team and a good coach for Carl Anthony Towns specifically the next five years or whatever that is. I agree with you and I agree with Judd that it's probably time to pull the plug on the Andrew Wiggins experiment. I'm just saying that if if the Wolves don't believe that and if they're going to continue going down that road, then you have to keep on trying to find the guy who's, who's going to tap into whatever is in Andrew Wiggins, and get the most out of him. If, that, if, that's the, if that's the decision you've made, that you're sticking to your guns when it comes to Andrew Wiggins, there's nothing, wins and losses don't matter at this point in terms of whether or not Ryan Saunders should get the job. I'm with you guys there. But there's nothing at this point more important to the Timberwolves franchise because they've chosen to go down this road than Andrew Wiggins reaching his full potential. Because as long as you're saddled with that contract and you choose not to pull the plug on this thing, it's imperative that he perform or you're never really going to take that next big step forward. Yeah. But Glenn, but Glenn needs to be told by a GM I agree. it's not going to, to work. But that's where, that's where, to me... I think he was, by the way. I think Tom well, Thibodeau told him that two years ago. Well, he needs to be told that again. And the other thing is, I think you need to bring in a GM and say, Ryan's fate is yours. Like I like the kid, and I think he he might be good. But my God, I'm with that. Yeah. We've been we've been down this path with this bumbling organization for how long now? Let's bring in a real basketball ops guy and say, the palace is yours. I'll start you off with Cat. He's a generational talent, I think. Mm-hmm. But everything else is you. The yeah. coach is you. His staff is you guys. 
players besides Cat is you. You need somebody to finally tell Glenn, Glenn, I want you to enjoy this team, but I want you to never have to make a decision about anything that happens on this court ever again for as long as you live. Yeah. Yeah, I always hate when you force a coach onto a new GM. I, I've, I've never been a fan of that. It's a bad that. recipe, right? And, I, I'm, I, and I'm with you. I like Ryan Saunders, the dude. I think he has a bright future as a coach, whether it's at the NBA level or somewhere else. But, I mean, I, I, it's, I think it's unfair to a new GM to bring him in here and say, this 30-year-old kid is your coach. Well, maybe somebody will, uh, will make a Ryan Saunders-related prediction and write that down coming up mm. very shortly. Mm. I'm How Mackie bad? and Judd with Ron. How bad is it? It's a bloodbath. It's really we'll bad. We'll go through all of the oh my missed Super Bowl I picks. saw some of my missed picks from a while back, too. And Although oh, I did yeah. get one right. Uh, you may have gotten a couple right, if I remember right. Well, we'll get to it. All right. We'll get to it. Okay. Uh, the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show presents the Adam Thielen Youth Putting Clinic tomorrow from noon until 2 at the Minneapolis Convention Center here, Hall B. Kids 17 and under can meet Adam, get a picture, and all kids will be entered for a chance to win a set of golf clubs. Space is limited to only 100 kids, and you must have a ticket to participate. Tickets are $50 per child, and net proceeds benefit the Thielen Foundation, whose mission it is to help reach their full potential. Full details and to purchase your ticket at minnesotagolfshow.com. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500. Write that down coming up very shortly. Mackie and Jeb with Rami, and we are live at the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show, where uh, we're at, our show is, is on until 6 o'clock, and then actually Mackie and Jeb with Rami, a little bonus, 10 to noon tomorrow. And uh, then on Sunday, Manny and Danny will be live from 10 until noon as well. And we've been talking here during the break with our friend Tanya Holt from X-Golf and Woodbury, and if there's ever a place... So Judd's not a huge golfer. In fact, we put Judd on camera and had him swing for the first time in 20 years, and he nice. actually piped one down the middle nice. um, a few months ago. <laughs> but very fortunate. If there's ever a place that we could get even Judd to go hang out and golf, anything that involves a sports bar and okay. simulators, That's right. X-Golf and Woodbury seems <laughs> like that type of place. So explain to our audience that might be unfamiliar. You just opened in December, we correct? We did. We did. In fact, today is our uh, two-month anniversary. Uh, we are X-Golf Woodbury, and anything you can do at your private country club or your local golf course, you can do inside X-Golf in Woodbury. We have six simulators. Um, you can play 55 golf courses from around the world, including Hazeltine, Pebble Beach, Oakmont, Bethpage, you name it. A few made-up ones that we created ourselves. There's even a couple of par-3 courses for the kiddos. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, we train, we educate um, and then we lubricate. So we have a bar. <laughs> Sorry. Um, that's we, actually Rami's, uh, yeah. tr- that's Rami's <laughs> catchphrase. Your, yeah, you stole that from me. Your, your, your golf game gets better as the round goes on. Um, we do. So, uh, yeah, we we've, we've do leagues, and um, we've got a, a full cocktail bar as well as uh, food available. Um, but uh, it's, it's a really good time, and everything has been going really well so far. Uh, it's always 70 degrees and sunny inside X-Golf of Woodbury. So it's on a temp- Temperature controlled, you betcha. Yeah. Hey, what, what what are some of the courses again? Uh, let's see. So the big favorite this weekend is going to be um, Pebble Beach Pebble, yeah. because of the AT&T Pro-Am. So um, folks can come in and choose that. Um, Oakmont, Bethpage, um, Hazeltine. Uh, I played a course out of Seoul the other night. Um, Kapalua in Hawaii is a big fave. Um, everybody loves the Hawaiian courses. Lots of choices from Korea. That's where our manufacturer is located. And so a lot of the courses are digitized from there. Um, but we're adding a bunch of courses from the U.S. as time goes on. You you can always call the shop and find out what we're doing and what's happening. Awesome. Full bar, too, you said? We do, <laughs> yeah. 
Now, I now that one I'm for you. now I'm in. Yes, yeah. We have full, full cocktail. You can help yourself to uh, Ricky Fowler. Um, uh, we've got a John Daly special going on this weekend. Um, beers that's where you, that's where you put wa- that's where you put wacky pants on and just drink beer. Out. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Bottomless pit of beer. Yeah. The John Daly special. Beers on tap. A gentleman asked me the other day. He turned around. He looked. And he said, "Has anybody actually thrown a golf club inside here?" I said, "You know, you'd, honestly, you'd, you'd be the first. I'm sure he wouldn't be the last." But um, yeah, the John Daly special where you shoot a 15 and walk off the. Same that's right. That's right. And then you and then you join Michael over at uh, over over at the Buck Hunter game and just consider it done. Yeah. Just be finished for the rest of the night. But uh, yeah, so far so good. We had uh, eight inches of snow in the parking lot last night, and uh, we were there till eleven o'clock playing golf. And it was fantastic in preparation for the golf show. And um, so far, uh, so far, it's been pretty well received. We invite y'all to come out and uh, for lessons. We do have a f- phenomenal golf professional on staff. Okay. Um, she'll give discounts for bulk if. You you want uh, six, seven, ten uh, lessons in a row, or if you want to just do one and call it a day, the two of us could come, we come can out do there. That too. Bobby, did they show you my swing? No, uh, not, no, I have to see. Good <laughs> lord, um, I don't know if I want to do, do that. You want to subject you. this poor well, woman to your swing? They do say it's it's nine it's ninety eight percent accuracy. Um, it's one of the most accurate simulators that you'll ever play in the. What about if you have a swing like in that in the world? <laughs> Um, you're going to need a 10-pack lesson, I think. <laughs> <laughs> or 10 beers. Or 10 beers. Or 10 beers. Oh. You know, get, get him six, six lessons and six Ricky Fowlers. But, uh, no, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's all good. Everyone seems to be, seems to be somewhat enjoying it. I was, my, my standard phrase is it's 98% accuracy. And so, therefore, if you're a really great golfer outside, you're going to love X-Golf inside. If you're a really poor golfer outside, it's 98% accurate. So, oh. therefore, right. you've got your work cutting out for you. But I thought it was like a golden tea situation no, where I could no, actually no. be good at something <laughs> that I'm not good um, at in real life. Oh, g- good news, right. bad news. It's the, it's the real game. But we are open 12 months a year, so you do have a lot more time to work on it if you really want to. A lot of time to train really and practice. Yeah. And, the lessons. Yes, and never, the lessons can come in yeah, handy then. Certain, no one likes a quitter. Never give up, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> Stick with it, man. It's good. So where, if people want to find out more, Tanya, about X-Golf Woodbury, where, just website, where sure. should people go? Sure. Our website is xgolfwoodbury.com. No hyphens, no dashes, no underscores. Just keep it simple. xgolfwoodbury.com, 651-505-9915. You can make reservations and tee times online. Um, if you want to make a reservation within the next 120 minutes, you'll have to call the shop. So it'll allow you to make your tee time two hours to three weeks in advance. And you can set that up. We do private parties, tournaments, um, you name it, we can do it. I just uh, was talking to someone earlier here at the show, and I said, you know, if you ever sit back and you say, geez, I wonder if they can do that at X-Golf, call us. Let's find out. We're only 60 days in. Let's give it a shot. See what happens. Awesome. Uh, that's Tanya Holt from X-Golf Woodbury, and uh, we appreciate you telling Thank us about you. such a cool place. Thanks. Thanks. We'll see you soon. All right. We'll see you later. And it's almost like you've worked in the in the radio realm before. You know, it's, almost, <laughs> you know, it's crazy. You know, I know a couple people. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 been a, it's, it's been full circle here. We're here at uh, the the radio station. It's been great. Thanks. We appreciate it. We Thank appreciate you. it. All right, All right. Uh, Tanya. And if you come to the golf show too, swing by uh, X Golf. You guys have a, a booth here too. I'm yes. assuming, right? Yeah. So. We are ironically sponsoring the bar, um, so we are sponsoring the 19th hole, and uh, we're we're right here, and uh, we can show you some videos, show you some pictures, get you signed up for a few things, and uh, we just we love to chat more than anything else, to be quite honest with you. So come awesome. and see us. It'll be All great. Right. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right, Tanya, Thanks you can just time. leave your headset by Rami there. Okay. Just throw it at him. Thank you. Just throw it right at me. Or Don't take it, it, whatever. <laughs> uh, Mackie and Jeb with Rami from the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show, and we have Write That Down predictions coming up pretty soon. Just to circle back on our Wolves conversation, yeah. one last thing. 
Um, I, I saw our guy Doogie on his podcast yesterday, the Scoop podcast, which you can find at scorenorth.com. He's reporting Scott Layden had multiple trades on the table and there are multiple opportunities to trade guys like Anthony Tolliver to a team that might use him and maybe even trade other players and even get like a second-round pick in return or, uh, or another wing player. And either the Wolves didn't pull the trigger or went so far as to counter-offer things that were just completely out of the realm and not feasible, maybe to sabotage trades. What did you... First of all, I'm not sure if I trust Scott Layden to make trades because I don't, I, don't, I don't know if he's done enough in the last two years to make me think, oh, he's going to pull a great trade that's going to save this franchise. But I feel like when you're in a spot that the Wolves are in and you're likely not going to make the playoffs, you have all kinds of contracts that you're not going to want around in a couple of years anyways. If not, if there's teams that want Tolliver and they'll give you a second-round pick, take the second-round pick. Yeah. I've got I, a, it doesn't make sense. I've got a question off your question for both you guys. Tibbs brought in Layden as his right-hand puppet guy, right? Right. Can somebody explain to me, and I know it's the Wolves, so I know this is probably a dumb question. There may be no explanation. But can somebody right. explain to me why Layden was taken in then to fire his boss and why he survived it? Like, all right, if nobody had made trades, I'd be like, that's too bad. But what on earth? Why? So that is, are you saying that leads you to believe that Scott Layden will... Be the GM. No, no, I think he's got season? no, no, okay. no. It's right. the Wolves. I think he's got no chance. It's an odd dynamic that he was brought into but, the room. I agree. But, but, yeah. but, no. But why now is he still there? Like the day that Tibbs after that that Lakers game when Tibbs was fired, Layden should have just been fired too. Like, what's he doing? I mean, there? is part of it that you just need bodies to run a front office? But I can find. You need it. somebody in that office. You need somebody in the GM chair. With the trade deadline coming up okay. and waiver claims okay. and things. But if you're not going to let him do anything, then that, that chair might as well but, be empty. But I get what both of you are saying. But I would rather bring in like an outsider who I mildly trust than allow Tibbs' right-hand guy to remain. At least like, he didn't. I would have blown him out. But I just the whole thing is uh, it's Wolves-like, so it's not completely shocking. But it's confounding to me how he was even in that chair yesterday fielding offers at all. He was Tibbs' puppet. The only logical reason to do that is that you are giving him a shot to remain the GM, just like you are with Ryan Saunders. He's the interim head coach. Yeah. You're get, the, the, the only logical reason would be to say, okay, Scott, here are the keys. Let's see what you can do, and, and maybe you'll be our GM beyond this year. But, again, I'm applying logic to the, to the Minnesota Timberwolves, so yeah. maybe, I don't, maybe I'm, not, I'm not thinking yeah. in the right way. It's just it's, – I guess – I understand why you're not going to trade Gorgie Jang because teams aren't going to want to eat $16 million in multiple years, and I get that. Mm -hmm. But if there were multiple offers on the table for Anthony Tolliver and you could get a second-round pick in an expiring contract, Absolutely. why wouldn't you take the second-round pick? Or no idea. It doesn't make sense. Or why wouldn't you trade like Taj? Like, you're not going to make the playoffs. Let's, let's stop with this, okay? And, and, again, if you are judging Ryan on that, then it's moronic. But why wouldn't you, like, take these players... They, according to Krasinski's piece, they didn't even go to Derrick Rose and say, would you leave? Like, he was treated like he was this untouchable. Right. And he's, listen, it's a great story, okay? But from a business standpoint, how do you not at least go to him and say, are there some teams that you would like to go to? We certainly see an opportunity with the season that you are having to potentially trade you. Like, we need to at least be open to this. How does that happen? I think they heard my write-that-down prediction that not only would Derrick Rose remain with the Timberwolves the rest of the season, but he would sign a contract to stay in Minnesota beyond this season. 
<laughs> oh, and you think Layton heard that? Yeah, He's I like, think he just wanted whoa, to help me out. Whoa, whoa, yeah. Rami is new. <laughs> I feel for him. Right. Well, so Derek Rose is making what three million dollars this year? He's mm-hmm. he's making peanuts relative to the league. Mm-hmm. The way he's played, I know he's been injured, classic Derrick Rose, but that price on Derrick Rose is going up. It's not max, I don't think, but it's going up to $10, $12, 15000000 million a year in a salary cap league. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know if I want that on this roster, especially if, to me, it's got to be either Andrew Wiggins or Derrick Rose. I don't need two volume scorers, and, and one's an injury question mark. One is a did he show up to the arena question mark. But he's your second leading scorer, and we see how they're playing without Derrick Rose. And he's not the only injury, in fairness, but we see how they're playing without him. How do you replace your second leading scorer? Who's, who's out there in the free agent market or somebody who you can nab in a trade who's going to replace the production yeah. that Derrick Rose brought? Yeah, they're in a, they're in a weird spot right now. They're, they're in a very similar spot to the spot that they were in with Kevin Garnett for a number of years, which is battling for an eight seed and one superstar with some bad contracts around him. And the clock ticking toward that superstar wanting out. But, but, that's, yeah. but that's the thing is you don't need to stay there. Like if you do this right... You can build around that guy, bring in a new coach, new GM, make the right moves, and and at least take a shot at going upwards. If you're going to sit there, but the Derrick Rose thing confuses me because I don't understand how you don't at least approach him and, and open your options, which they didn't do. So yeah, you could have gotten maybe you could have swindled some team into giving you a late first round pick that you could have packaged with Andrew Riggins, and then you could have been free of everything. So so Layden stayed problem why? solved. So he was kept around why? Again, maybe like literally, maybe it's just okay. It's a decision that's going to be made after the season, so let's just ride this thing out. It's too hard to bring someone in mid-season, evaluate everything. I guess it's I just so, it's so wolves. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of write that down, mm-hmm. we're going to make some more predictions here when we come back, <laughs> and we will also have an accountability session that I don't think is going to be a happy one for for all of us, especially with the Super Bowl predictions we made mm. uh, last time around. Adam Levine really let me down, man. Really Can't believe he didn't predict down. that he would take his shirt off. Those nipples, though, man. I the controversial pre- Adam Levine nipple gate. <laughs> I, I didn't predict <laughs> Levine another nipples for you. would be trending on Twitter. That was not a prediction that <laughs> I had gate. last week. I got a, another gate for you. Really? Nipple gate. Oh. Levine nipple gate. I know. we got to stop start, doing that. Start the hashtag. <laughs> yeah, hold, on right now. hold on a second. I'm on Twitter right now. We're, uh, we're at the Choice Bank Minnesota Golf Show, which is running all weekend long inside the Minneapolis Convention Center, Hall B. We promise it's 70 degrees in here if you're cold. Full details at minnesotagolfshow.com. Write that down coming up. Uh, right now at Luther 